Precious Father, we thank you for this wonderful Sunday morning. We are gathered to listen to your word. We trust you, merciful Father, that by your spirit we speak to your children. Grant us mercy to understand what you are telling us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we are going to look at something very important, and as a Christian, you should listen. I am pleading with you to listen. The topic we are talking about this morning is meditation on the Word of God. Meditation on the Word of God. Uh, Let me say up front that meditation is the key that unlocks the power in the Word of God. Meditation is the key that unlocks the power in the Word of God. Meditation is the key to spiritual growth. Meditation is key to divine wisdom. Meditation will place you where you will see the glory of God. Open your eyes. Meditation is the missing link between the power in the world and the Christian. If you remove meditation, the link is not there. Meditation will build your faith. It's a very important thing that the, the, we, we haven't been talking about in the Christian world a lot, but it is extremely important. So the text in Psalm 1, 1 say, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor seated in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. When we read stuff like this, we just pass over it. But the Holy Spirit is pointing us to the key to unlocking the power of God in his word. He meditates day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither. Remember that the scripture uses metaphors. His leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever he doeth, whatsoever he doeth, whether he's a student, whether he's in business, even as a Christian, in your married life, whatsoever he doeth, whatsoever is whatsoever he doeth, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. So you can see that meditation is the key to prosperity. It's the key to unlock the power that is the word of God. Whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. It means if you do not meditate, then it doesn't work. Now, if you, if you, in these days in which we live, the, 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 the art of meditation is being offered by so many people, including the medical sciences, they are offering people meditation to relieve pain, relieve that stress, and all manner of stuff that people are offering. I think it's important for the Christian to have the Christian perspective of meditation, to be sure he's doing what is right in meditating on what the Lord Jesus said he should do, because in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, reality of so many offerings, offers being given to us, you need to find which one is scriptural, which one you should follow. So it's important that we find the Christian perspective, the Bible perspective on meditation that is beneficial to the, to the Christian. So in Psalm 119, 105, it says, your word is lamp to guide my feet and the light to my path, which means if you want to follow divine instruction and guidance, You follow what his word teaches. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet, tells me where I am, and the light for my path shows me where I should follow. So what does the word of God teach on meditation? By the way, what is even meditation? Meditation is to think, to 
think on, is to rule it in your mind, is to mutter it or say it to yourself constantly, not just once. Reflect on. Meditation is to contemplate on, to ponder over, to brood over something, to muse over something, to think on, to roll it in your mind, to mutter it to yourself constantly. Meditation is to reflect on it. Meditation is to contemplate on it. Meditation is to ponder over it, which means think about it, and brood over or muse over it. Now, as we go on, you're going to see practically what these things imply. So, what is the perspective of Scripture on meditation? Philippians 4.8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, that's where you begin. If it's not true, you don't meditate on it. And the Word of God is true. You don't meditate on anything that is not true. Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue in it, if there be any praise in it, if, it, if there's no praise in it, you don't, you don't meditate on depressant stuff. If there's any virtue in it, if there's any praise in it, think on these things. If there's no praise in it, forget it. If there's no virtue in it, forget it. If it's not good report, which is faith, good report. Faith gives good report, not negative report, not bad report. Forget it. If it's not lovely, you don't meditate on it. If it's not pure, you don't meditate on it. If it's not just, you don't meditate on injustice. If it's not honest, if it's not true, so you don't meditate on gossips. It's not true, you don't meditate on that. If it's not, truth, if it's not the word of God, you don't meditate on that. Now let's read again this uh, Psalm 1, verse 1. Let me read it in Amplified so we'll get, we'll see how Amplified puts Psalm 1, verse 1. Blessed. He doesn't want to be blessed. Who doesn't want to be, live a blessed, our theme is blessed. So blessed. It means happy. Quit means fortunate. Quit means prosperous. Quit means enviable. Is the man who walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly. Remember, whatever things are not true, Whatever things are not of any praise, this counsel of the ungodly is not of praise. doesn't give glory to God. He says, following their advice, their plans and purposes, which means you must not take the things you meditate on from the ungodly. The ungodly. Nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down, to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather. But his delight and desire are in the law of the Lord and on his law or his word, the precepts, the instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually, not once in a while, he habitually meditates, ponders, studies by day and by night. And it says, and he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also, also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Everything he does. And we're familiar with 
what God told Joshua, Joshua, when Joshua took over leadership of Israel, God said, this is the way you prosper in life. Key is meditation. Joshua 1.8, we know that this book of the law shall not depart out of their mouth, and but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. I want you to notice the prescription. It's habitual meditation. It's day and night. It's not hiccupic. It's not, it's not a, a, you know, what you do once in a while. That's not what the Bible says. It says habitually meditate, day and night meditate. They say day and live at night. No, day and night. Day and night. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest now observe to do according to all that is written therein. So when you meditate, you do. When you meditate, you act. When you meditate, you do. For then thou shalt make thy way, your own way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. New Living Amplifier says, the book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that thou may observe and do according to all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Meditate then. You know, you, you, you don't really get it all once. The more you meditate, the more you get the, the context of what the Word of God says. The more now your response is more accurate. You meditate, then you, do, you act on it accurately. Advertisers will tell you that you need to say something. I don't know how many times they have to repeat it before somebody even gets to hear it. And then you repeat it, and then it gets to respond positively to you. Then Paul wrote to Timothy about it. In 1 Timothy 4.15, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profit in may appear. Your, process, your prog- progress may appear to all. Now, the first thing that brings spiritual growth is meditation on the word of God. Reading the Bible, studying is good, but the Holy Spirit says meditate. Meditate so you can prosper spiritually. So the thing that brings spiritual growth is meditating on the word of God. Meditating on the word takes you from hearing to knowing. You see, reading, even preaching, doesn't mean you know. They are not the same thing. Knowing is totally in the word of Israel from hearing from preaching. Knowing is completely different. Meditation will bring you from hearing to knowing. It's called spiritual growth. You know spiritual growth? When, when, you, when, we, when we were children, we used to sing about Jesus now. Then we go to church, you know, people, when we pray in our kids, we, we put our hands and, you know, we're not really very, very serious. But we sing Jesus loves me, this I know, and all that kind of songs. But that's not how you know Jesus now. You've grown. Beyond that, you've grown. You really have grown. So spiritual growth is really to grow in your knowledge of Christ, in your understanding of the mysteries of the kingdom of God, so that you, you become somebody who is careful in the use of the word of God. So meditation will bring you there. Second John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospered. Your soul prospers then your health prospers, prospers, never that thing prospers along with that. In Acts chapter 20, verse 32, and so now I entrust you into God's hands and the message of his grace. Quit is all that you need to become strong. That's all you need to be strong. Meditate, you grow, become matured. Spiritually, you become matured. Spiritually, you become grounded. Spiritually, you become strong. And then, you know, and then you, those that know their Lord, they are strong. So meditation will bring you that, that, that nourishment you need to grow. You know, and then all of God's blessings are imparted through the message. 
of his grace, which he provides as a spiritual inheritance given to all his holy ones. So when you meditate, you grow spiritually. If you don't meditate, you don't grow spiritually. You don't. Proverbs 4.20 says, My son, give attention to my words. Now he's talking about meditation here now. Give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Which means meditate on it day and night. Habitually meditate on it. Don't let it depart from your eyes. It's to focus on it, to think on it, to muse over it, to, to brood over it. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Means meditate day and night. That's how you keep it. Verse 22. For they are life to those who find them. You see, you grow spiritually. You grow spiritually. It becomes, you, you grow spiritually. It's, it imparts spiritual life into you. Then what does it mean to find it? It means you have revelation. Those who get revelation in it. Those who discover the revelation, the, the, the hidden truth in the world. Those to whom the Holy Spirit reveals the meaning of this thing. They are the ones that have found it. And then it becomes hell to all their flesh. They say, keep your heart without diligence, for out of faith bring the issues of life. You know? So this, this example of these Samaritans is, is what we can use to illustrate really growth. I think that's what we have here. So in John 4, 39, many of these the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the sins of the woman. So this is hearing. They've heard. So they say, we believe in him. It's a level. You heard, but you don't know. But you had. You always say, yeah, that's true. You can give mental consent at that stage. Say, aha, God heals, hallelujah, have faith. You may not have faith. You may not know yet. So, many of the Samaritans of that of the city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, he told me all that I ever did. So, somebody comes and says, ah, I made this man, he told me everything I ever did. Your first reaction is, wow, he must be a prophet too. And the woman says, yeah, he said, you believe now. But you don't know the man. You don't know anything. That's at the level at which many people operate. What they were told. What they were told. So now, the next verse, 40. So when the Samaritans who had come unto him, now they've come to Christ himself, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days, now teaching the word, bringing revelation to them. And many more believed because of his own word, now, it's gone from we had to we now know because of his own word now. And said unto the woman, now we believe not because of thy saying, not because of he told you everything that he, you know, we did. that's not what we believe anymore. We've gone from that level. We have met him. We know him. We've seen it ourselves. We, we don't, this is not somebody told us. We own this information now. We own it not because of what you said. We have come in contact with his word, with this living word. So we now believe in him now. So if somebody tells us any other thing, we're not listening to them. We have met him. That's what spiritual growth does. It brings you into where you know Christ, where you can say, I know him. Paul said, I know in whom I have believed. And so he said, none of these things move me. I've come to know him so well that I can trust my life into his hands. I don't care what anybody is doing, anybody is saying. It doesn't bother me at all. That's called spiritual growth. That's called maturity. And meditation will bring us there. When you have come in contact with his word, 
interacting with his word, interacting with your spirit. And the Holy Spirit, you brood over this thing. And the Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you, teach you, because you are meditating on it. Now, Peter put it this way. First Peter 2, 2, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the world that you may grow thereby. That you may grow thereby. And he said, if so be, you have tested that the Lord is gracious. If you've tested, tested. When you test, it's not that they are telling you, ah, this is awesome. This is gracious. No, you've tested it yourself. You have tested it yourself. So meditation will unlock the truth in the word. It will unlock the truth in the word. Most of the things I preach, I get through meditation and praying the spirit. Most of it, through meditation when I'm meditating and praying the spirit. Because I have my, my, my where I write, the carry it around. So if, if, I, if I sense the Lord is revealing something to me, I don't, I, sometimes I pull over and I start writing it down. I start typing it in. So meditation will unlock the truth, the power in the world for you. Change your life. It will unlock that power, bring you healing. Proverbs say it's healthy all your body. Brings you life. Change your life completely. Second Peter 1.19, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place. You could have a dark situation challenging your life. It could be sickness. It could be anything. So the word is, the, 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 the Peter says that this word is like a lamp shining in a dark place. Until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines in your heart. Because the word is Christ. The word is God. The word is Christ. It is living Christ. It is the living word. Until it shines into you. That, that until is you keep meditating day and night. You don't stop. Until it breaks through. Everything that is causing that trouble, every, every um, uh, idea you have and things you think you don't, you don't have that there until it breaks through. Jesus said you are clean because of the words I spoke to you. It, it deletes all of those things and begins to grow the real truth of what God wants it to be. So meditation will unlock the, the truth to you and unlock the power in that word of God. So see what meditation can do to a Christian. 2 Corinthians 5.16. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. See, it takes you from human point of view to God's point of view because it unlocks God's point of view to you. That's called revelation. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, which is where many are. How differently we know him now. See, we know him differently. We know him not from human point of view, but from God's point of view, Remember, Jesus said that flesh and blood cannot reveal me to you, which means the Holy Spirit did this. The Holy Spirit did this. Now, meditation on the word of God is one way to honor God and his word. Not meditating on his word is one way to dishonor God and his word. Because then, when you are not meditating on the word of God, you are neglecting God and his word and giving attention to some other word. Remember God said, my son, give attention to my word. And he said, meditate on it day and night. Now, if I'm not meditating on it and you are not meditating on it, this translates to saying, I hear you, Jesus, but I have some more important things to think about. So I don't have time to think about your word. You told me to meditate on it day and night, but 
So I have some other more important things that will help me in life I'm thinking about. And I'll get back to you on Sunday morning. I want to have time. Maybe talk to you tomorrow. But meditate, no. There are other things that are bothering me. There are other things I've, I've had. I want to think about them. Your world can wait. Let me think about these ones. When we make that choice, we're not honoring that world. It's not going to work. Mark 4, 24. Then he added, pay close attention to what you hear, brethren. What did God say we should hear? Give attention to my words. There are other competing words, yes. Don't give them attention. The kingdom first, my word first. That's what will produce health, produce prosperity. Give attention to my word. But you say, no, Lord, I don't have time for that. I want to think about political issues. I want to think about this, think about that, think about that, think about that. You don't care that we're perishing. Let me think of how to solve this problem. That's your choice now. So pay close attention to what you hear. The closer you listen, the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given, and you will receive even more revelation. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But to those who are not listening, who say, Lord, I, I, I hear what they preached. I heard like that, but... I will meditate. I have other things I, can, I want to think about right now that occupies me. I will think about your word later on. Those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But those who are not listening, my son, pay attention to my word. We are not listening. Meditate on it day and night. We are not listening. Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Period. Case closed. Make sure our Lord Jesus Christ live this life meditating on scriptures, meditating on the word of God. This is all, every minute. His focus was on the word. His focus was on the father. He never removed his eyes from his father and the word. John 4, 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging Jesus, Rabbi, eat something. But Jesus replied, I have a kind of food you know nothing about. Did someone bring him food while we were gone? The disciples asked each other. Then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. And who sent me, and from finishing his work. I get fed by the word of my father, focusing on it. You meditate so you can do. Joshua, meditate day and night so you can do. Then you prosper. Jesus said, yeah, I do. Why does he do? He meditates day and night. That's how he's doing. That's why he's doing the will of the father. He said, that feeds me. It nourishes me. My spirit, it nourishes me. My soul. And they say, you people don't know about this type of nourishment. John 5, 13. I'm able to do nothing from myself, from myself independently on my own accord, but only as I am taught, only as I am taught by God. <laughs> yeah. Only I, I don't try to remove my eyes from him. I can't do anything independently. I have, he has to teach me everything. Which means I focus on him every time. Only as I am taught by God and as I get his orders, meditating, focusing on my father and his word, even as I hear, as I hear. Remember I say, be careful how you hear. So I focus on my father. I don't, I don't listen to any other person. The Bible said we should not hear the voice of strangers. The Lord wasn't listening to strangers. He was listening to his father. He says, even as I hear, I judge. I decide as I'm, I'm bidding to decide. As the voice comes to me, so I, give, so I give a decision. 
My judgment is right, just righteous, because I do not seek or consult my own will. I focus on him from where the information comes, the word of God. He said, I have no desire to do what is pleasing to myself, my own aim, my own purpose, but only the will and pleasure of the Father who sent me. If I, if, if I alone testify my, um, uh, myself, my testimony is not valid and cannot be worth anything. Now look at David, Colossus with God, had an everlasting covenant with God, a man after God's heart, a man that God established an everlasting covenant with. 300 and something years after that, God was still talking about my servant David. 400 and something years, God was still talking to the children about my first servant David. Colossus. And Jesus came referring, you see, you people know David was a prophet. He was referring to David. David so, had incredible revelation talking about the Christ, the, 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 the present age. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall know one. Talked about the rapture. Talked about gates opening. Man, God gave the, this man had incredible revelation. And you could read his writings. And you will see he had real intimacy with God. David, a man whose heart was focused on God. Now look at what David said, Psalm 63, verse 6. When I remember thee upon my bed. Now what do we really think about upon our bed? David said, I remember thee upon my bed. and meditate on thee in the night watches. Because thou hast been my help. Therefore in the shadow of the wings will I rejoice. Psalm 77, 12. I will meditate also of all thy works and talk of thy doings. Meditation, mortar. Think about it. David said, this is what I do. I meditate on the works of God, not the works of the devil. Whatever things of, 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 of good report, praise, I meditate on them. I don't meditate on the works of the devil. Psalm 119, 148. I, say, I stay awake through the night thinking about your promise. This is David. Psalm 143, verse 5. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works. I muse on the works of your hands. Not the works of men. <laughs> Not all those things. Works of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. My soul longs for you like a thirsty land. Man, he got to meditating about God and he felt like just hugging God, just spreading up his hands, longing for God. I want to remind us that the world and demons are constantly, constantly endeavoring to have access to your mind. Constantly. Constantly endeavoring to have access to your mind and show their world so you meditate on it and they ruin your life. I mean, because of ignorance, we just, we're just careless about things like this. But the scripture told us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Why? Somebody wants to show something for you to meditate upon. If you meditate upon, game over. That seed will grow, and that's what you will experience. You can be talking about Jesus on the mental level, but what you have in your heart comes out of your mouth. It shows your life. The heart, the heart is the doorway to life's realities. All the issues of life come from there. So the devil is interested in it. But the Christian doesn't even know, doesn't even care. Oh, whatever he hears on television is talking about it. Oh, whatever he hears on television. All he's talking about is what they said on television, television, television. He goes on the internet, he goes everywhere. All you hear is all these things that the enemy is showing. Proverbs 4.23. Keep thy heart with all diligence, 
for out of it are the issues of your life. Do we do that? Be careful how you hear. Be careful how you hear. You don't have to hear everything. Gossips out. It's not a good report. Why do you want to hear it? So they show bitterness in you. And then the devil uses it to destroy you. Matthew 13, 25. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tires among the wheat and went his way. Men are careless, spiritually lethargic, totally lethargic. Anything goes. Praise the Lord, brethren. That's it. Anything. Be careful how you hear for we are. He will hear it too. Ah, he must hear it. If it's not there, he will ask somebody to tell him. Matthew 13, 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. You are a dangerous trap for me. Why? You are seeing things merely from human point of view and not from God. The devil wants to set your reality for you. I want you to listen to me. Listen to me real good. The devil tries to set your reality for you. And whatever you accept as your reality is what you are going to experience in life. Period. There's nothing anybody can do about it. He came to Jesus and said, this date you are talking about, let me reset the reality for you. It's not wise. You shouldn't be talking about it. And Jesus said, Satan, get behind me. You talk man's views. The Spirit of God talks God's views. God says my reality is for me, not you. Get out of here. And they say it's a dangerous trap. The Christians just fall into it. They just fall anyhow. They think it doesn't matter. Second Corinthians 10.5. Casting down imaginations, every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought, not some, to the obedience of Christ. Every thought that does not line up with the, the view of Jesus, capture it, force it to the obedience of the word of God. Imaginations. Imaginations, fantasies, they paint realities for you. Everybody has imaginations. The point is, what are your imaginations? Where is it coming from? So the scripture is saying we should cast down those imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it to captivity, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Six, and having in readiness to revenge all of that disobedience when your own obedience is fulfilled in doing all of these things, Seven, do not look on, on things after the outward appearance. Do you look at things after the outward appearance? What the devil wants you to do? All from God's perspective, and like I said some Sundays back, spiritual world has contact with us through words. Words are so powerful. Words can make you do what you never thought you would do all your life. Somebody can speak to you words and has contact with your intellect, take it over and control you. Words. Words can make you marry the wrong person. Words. It can entice you with words until you lose your head following this man. Words can take over your heart. You lose your heart until you go to his heart, you find, oh, my, this is what I did to myself. People joke with these things, but their, our life is being affected. Words are so powerful. I, I, I was reading about a research they did. They said that all these television people and this, that they actually don't give you too many information. That there's one information they give you, but they give it in different ways, using different news. And they, if they want you to believe in this, they give you in different ways. They say, I read it, I'm going, yeah, that's exactly what it, what, that's what it, what it is. If they want me to believe this, they, they, that thing they want me to do is for my mind to believe this. They give it to me in different form. You think it's different information is not true. Everything is, is done with glasses of that thing they want you to believe. It's called mind control. 
And then when immediately they take over your mind, you can fight for that thing, you can die for that thing, you can curse for that thing. Even God says, love you. No, 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 you do. You are, they've taken over your heart. Spirits have contact with people through their intellect. But once they do that, they control your thinking, control your decisions. Game over. You speak for them. You defend what they make you do. The Bible says, guard your heart. Oh, for where? Huh? For where? Huh? For where? Guard your heart, okay? Guard your heart, okay? Who will hear all those things? Let me read some scriptures we read before. Ezekiel 2, 2. And the Spirit entered into me when he spake unto me. Sure! Spirits have contact with you through words. Well, another thing, look at the Judas issue, Judas effect. John 13, 2. And supper being entered, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. That's why I started words, suggestion, imagination, stronghold of Satan. Meditation in the world breaks all of that. Meditation in the world safeguards you from this kind of things. Then in verse 25, the St. John 13, 25, he, he then... Lying on, he then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus was talking about someone that betrayed him. Judas was there hearing all these things. He couldn't be bothered now because his heart had been taken over. Verse 26. Jesus answered, he it, he it is to whom I shall give a sop. When I have dipped it, and when he had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas, Iscariot, the son of Simon. It, Jesus kept saying, one of you betray me. This man knew was in bed. Oh, he's gone. Far gone. He's far gone. That's what many Christians do. You tell them, God said, don't do, do this. Ah, oh, they say, no, no, pastor, no. They were far gone. They're far gone. Totally far gone. They have no respect for the word of God anymore. Judas sat there. The Lord was talking. He saw the miracles. He, he was gone. And then Jesus now told him in verse 27. And after after, I'm sorry, after the shop, Satan entered into him. Then said Jesus unto them, that quit that way, do quickly. You can't come back. You cross the line. Do it now. It started with imagination, suggestion. Out of the heart comes all the issues of our life. Fear, failure, doubt, anger, bitterness, unforgiveness, immorality. All of them come from there. All, Jesus said it all comes from there. But when men sleep, the enemy shows his tears there. So God says to us, meditate on my word day and night habitually. Make it a habit. Practice it. Make it a habit. We have to fight and win this fight for meditation. It's a crucial fight you must win. Whoever controls your heart controls your life. You don't want this destroyer killer to control it. You don't want the world to control it. They are enemies of God. Don't let the devil create your reality for you. It's destructive. He doesn't mean well. Don't let him do that. Don't let the world define what, what the reality of your life for you. Do not let that happen. If you let them do that, the Bible says if you follow the flesh, you shall surely die. It'll finish you up. If you follow the spirit, you live. Colossians 3.16. Let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. This is God talking to me and you. Sing psalms and hymns, spiritual songs to God with thankful heart. Hebrews 2.1. So we must listen very carefully to the truth. Meditate on whatsoever is truth. 
Meditate on whatsoever is truth, not the reality the world creates with their reports. Abraham did. He refused to take his reality from what is happening around him. He took his reality from what God said. Case closed. So we must listen very carefully to the truth we have had. So how do you hear? Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Or we may drift away from it. Oh yeah, of course. Verse 2, for the message God delivered through angels has always stood firm. Every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. Verse 3, so what makes us think we can escape if we ignore, if we ignore, if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord himself and then delivered to us. He's not talking to heathens, he's talking to Christians. Delivered to us by those who heard him speak. How do we think we'll escape if we ignore the word? Meditate on it day and night, habitually. Blessed is the man. Our team is blessed. This is the route to it. This is the route to it. Blessed is the man who meditates so that the power in the world is unraveled, opened up to him, the revelation of it, the truth of it, and faith comes. Faith comes and all things become possible. Colossians 1, 23. But you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. Do not, do not forgetful hearers deceive themselves. The good news has been preached all over the world, and I, Paul, have been appointed as God's servant to proclaim it. Now, let's see again what the scripture says that will help us. In 1 Timothy, we read 1 Timothy 4.15. Because of time, I'm not going to go back there. Let's see what Jesus said about meditation and the word and bearing fruit. Bearing fruit means Becoming a reality. Out of the, he said, when they see this soon, out of four, four with only one quarter that bears fruit, to toss, don't. And he gave the reason is lack of meditation. Now look at this. He didn't call it lack of meditation, but it's implied though. Look at this in Mark chapter 13, verse 19. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom, and don't understand it. It means nothing to them. Peter said, meditate until it breaks through, until you get the understanding, until revelation comes from where? Oh, they have other things to talk about. They don't understand it. Now, if, if you are doing business with somebody and your money is at stake, won't you take time to say, please explain to me this? No, please. I need to understand it very well. Why? Because your money is at stake. You want them to explain it until you understand how this thing is affecting you. But this one, hmm? Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart. Oh, buddy, game over. It's gone. 20. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. Why? They don't meditate on it. Keep it in view. Keep it in your heart. Keep it in view. Give attention to it. Meditate on it day and night. Don't do that. So no root. They don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Period. Verse 22. The seed that fell among the tongues represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life. Oh yes, a lot of it. 
Most of it is about other people that's not even your business. Worries of this life and the lure of words so no fruit is produced. Verse 23. The seed that fell on good soil represent those who truly hear and understand. They meditate on it day and night until the dim breaks into their heart, to their spirit. The revelation comes. I've said it over and over here. Casual seekers do not get revelation. The Bible describes this as a treasure hidden in the ground. You don't, it's not on top. If you don't desire it, you don't get it. The book of Proverbs said you seek it like you seek silver and gold and you get it. If it's not important to you, why should God give it to you? If it's important to you, you send signal to heaven, this is important to me. He give it to you. Because it's church, we make a life. We live with our choices and we follow things that are, we prefer. We think it's more important than the word of God. It's our choice. So this Matthew, Matthew 13 verse 23, the seed that fell on good soil represent those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. So let me conclude by reminding us, meditation is key. You have to fight and win the battle for meditation because it's a battle. The devil will not want you to. The flesh will not want you to. The world will not want you to. But you have to. That's where your victory starts. Keeping your mind where God says keep it. Guarding your heart diligently. Don't, don't just listen to anything you think. Don't just be careless about that kind of stuff. Don't do that. Meditation is key for spiritual growth. Very, very key. It is key to unlocking the power and the word of God. You meditate on scriptures on healing. Continuously one moment, that sickness disappears. It unlocks the power in the word. Meditation, if you do that, your life will change. The Bible said you, you are, if you meditate on the word of God, your thinking is changed. You are transformed. It comes through that. My prayer is that God will help us to understand this and get busy. One word, meditation. On what? On the word of God. Not on any other thing, not on every other, because there are a lot of things being offered to, to you. This Bible perspective is stay on the word of God. That's why you got to stay. You get outside the word of God, you get into the world, you get into the demonic stuff, that's your choice. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for this privilege we have this morning to go through this. We pray, Lord, that you help us to hear there is life in the ear that we hear and live. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.